Welcome to the teachings of Pastor Mike Yost of the Springs Calvary Chapel in Habern, Idaho. Please join us as we study the Word of God. Amen. He is risen. <laughs> Amen. Oh, I love this morning. What a beautiful day outside. The tulips showed up just in time. It's glorious out there. Just uh, happy to be in the house of the Lord with brothers and sisters and celebrating our risen Savior. You know, we don't have to do this once a year. We do it every day of our life because Jesus lives in us. Amen? Amen. So this morning we have a, a, what we call family-style service, which is intended to have the whole family here. We do have uh, child care for five and unders. If you've been coming in, they've probably been gathering out there and they're, they're getting them checked in. We have some activities for the six and ups that are a little bit wiggly, but the, the point is to be all together. We're going to do a lot more singing than we usually do, a lot less preaching than I usually do. Um, and we should be done in quite a bit less time than we normally do, so you all can enjoy this beautiful day with your family. Let's go ahead and pray for the service, and we'll jump back into some more worship. Father God, we come before you just excited, just blessed beyond blessings, just knowing that you live, and because you live, we live, and that, Lord Jesus, our sins are forgiven, our slate is clean, we are new creations in Christ, and we're heaven-bound, and we celebrate that this morning. We just pray, Lord, as we take this time and give it to you, Lord, that we'd put a smile on your face in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, verses 1 through 9, it says, who has believed our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender root, as root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. And he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our inequities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we as sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid upon him the inequity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. He opened not his mouth. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearer, he was silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich, his death. Because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. 
Matthew 20, 17 through 19. Now Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples aside on the road and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will betray, be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify, and the third day he will rise again. John chapter 19, verses 14 through 19. Now it was a preparation day for the Passover, and about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold, your king! But they cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then he delivered him to be crucified. So they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went out to the place called the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha, where they crucified him with two, uh, with two others with him, one on either side, Jesus in the center. Now Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Mark 15, 37 through 39. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So when the centurion who stood opposite him saw that he had cried out like this and breathed his last, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. Mark 16, 1 through 6. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices, that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. John chapter 20, verse 2 through 9. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looked inside and saw the linen cloth lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came forward, following him, and went into the tomb. And they saw the linen cloth lying there, and the handkerchief that had been wrapped around his head was not lying next to the linen cloth, but folded together in place by itself. Then the other disciple who came into the tomb first went in also, and he saw and he believed. And for yet they did not know the scripture, and, he did, and that he must rise from the dead again. Luke 24, 13 through 24. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emos, 
which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleophas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a pr prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he, he who was going to be redeemed, who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. Luke 24, 25 through 35. Then he said to them, O oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they draw, drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem, and found the, seven, the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. Three nights earlier, Jesus had sat down with the disciples. We read about this in the Gospel of Luke chapter 14. When the hour had come, he sat down with the twelve apostles with him, and he said to them with fervent desire, I have a desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. 
Last Sunday, we celebrated communion, Passover, the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper. And we recognize that this is the heart of Jesus' work on earth, that He came to seek and save that which is lost. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And that evening with His disciples in the upper room, He instituted communion at the Passover celebration. And He took the elements that were on the table. And in doing so, He brought to us a truth that we celebrate every day of our life. For I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. And we celebrate the Lord's Supper. We have these elements today, this morning, and for everyone who calls upon the name of Jesus Christ as their Lord, whoever believes in his, their heart that God has raised him from the dead, this meal is a declaration of faith. It's coming together as a family, and as we come together this morning and we raise up the cheer, Cristo Aneste, He is risen. We do that with millions and literally billions of Christians around the planet as it echoes from one corner of the earth to the other, and we celebrate our risen Savior. Well, that night at the meal... He took bread, and He gave thanks, and He broke it. And He gave thanks, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord Jesus, we receive you, the bread of life. Come down from heaven, the manna, Lord, that supplies us with our daily needs. You indeed give us our daily bread. You indeed give us your Son, Jesus Christ. And in receiving this, we receive you. Take and eat. Likewise, he took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup in the new covenant, in my blood, which is shed for you. As we shared last Sunday, the Seder dinner, the Passover meal, has four cups, and each one commemorates part of God's deliverance of man from sin into his kingdom. And it's that cup after supper, the third cup. It's known as the cup of redemption. It's the cup in which that which was sold into slavery is purchased back. Mankind, having been sold to Satan in the Garden of Eden, is purchased. It's paid for with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the cup of redemption. Lord Jesus, we recognize your death on the cross atones for our sins, that we have been forgiven as far as east is from west. Our sins will never be resurrected. They're buried in the grave, dead and gone, and that you look upon us as a new child, and you smile, Lord, as you prepare us for heaven. As we receive this token of your price paid for us, we receive, Lord, also the grace of your Holy Spirit, as you continue that work which you began in us until the day of Christ Jesus, take and drink. Reading out of the Gospel of John, 
in chapter 20. Then that same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be with you. This is the end of that same day. That day that began at the garden with the tomb rolled away. Jesus appeared to five different groups of people that day. We've read about Mary Magdalene. She was there at that garden. She mistook Jesus for the gardener. But when he called her by her name, Mary, she recognized him. Rabboni, you're my teacher, you're a master, my Lord. And she grabbed a hold of him like she wouldn't let go. He had to say, cling to me not. You need to let me go. We got more work to do here. Maybe this morning, Jesus is speaking to you. Your name. In your heart. He wants you to know he's alive. He's gone to the cross for you. He's gone to the grave for you, and He lives, and He wants you with Him. There were the other women at the tomb we would read about in Matthew 28, Mary, the mother of James, Salome, Joanna, and they went to the tomb, and they wondered to themselves, who's going to roll away this stone for us? And they met an angel there, asked them a question, why do you seek the living amongst the dead? That doesn't make any sense. He's not here. He is risen. And those ladies wondering about this stone in their life that stood between them and their Lord, God had removed it. And in His place, brought them the good news. <laughs> He's alive. He's risen. And they went and told everybody, what they had seen in the garden that morning. On the road to Emmaus, we saw two disciples, one of them named Cleopas. From the other Gospels, we realized that Cleopas had a wife named Mary. Likely, this is Cleopas and his wife Mary going to Emmaus that evening, somewhat disheartened and downcast, having expected Jesus to come and conquer the Romans and conquer the, the oppressive government and conquer the culture and conquer the world and set things right. And he seemed to be, it seemed like all their, their hopes were gone. They met a man on the way. We know this is Jesus. He opened up the scriptures to them. Shouldn't these things have happened? Isn't this what the Bible said had to happen? But they didn't quite understand until they sat down to break bread. It says, then their eyes were opened. Then they knew Him. Then they recognized Him. How did they recognize Him? Through communion, what we have just done. This is how we recognize Jesus Christ, His body broken for us, His blood shed for us. We as a body come together and we recognize it's Jesus. It's the risen Lord. They were so excited, they just skedaddled back into Jerusalem to tell everybody what we've seen, what we've heard, what we know. Jesus is alive. 
We also read in the scriptures, Jesus appeared to Peter that day. In different accounts, he's known as Simon, he's known as Cephas, all variety of names. And Peter recounts that resurrection morning on Pentecost when he preaches to the crowd. This Christ who you crucified has risen from the grave they're cut to the heart. What should we do to be saved? Peter preaches, repent and be baptized. And that day, 3,000 people were saved. Jesus told, Peter told him about the, his Jesus that he had met that day. And now comes the evening of that first day. All these witnesses Same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. Kind of interesting as I think about this. The one thing they needed most of all was Jesus. Right? And yet fear blocked him. The door locked him out. And what I need and what we need, what the world needs so much is Jesus. But so many of us have a locked heart. The door is bolted shut. We just are trying to protect ourselves from the world outside that wants to destroy us. But Jesus doesn't care about a locked door. He comes right into your heart. He comes right into the very midst of you. And he says, peace. He's going to say peace two times. Let your fears be calmed. Don't worry about the confusion. Peace, calm your fears. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. That word for glad is rejoicing. It's ecstatic. They're shouting. They're yippee. Ah, it's Jesus, the Lord. The real Jesus. Jesus didn't come as a philosopher. Jesus didn't come as a conqueror. Jesus came as a human, as a real person. Though he was God, he came to meet us where we're at, where they were at in that room locked up that night. He said, see, it's really me. And he said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I send you. Peace, let me calm your fears. And peace, let me confirm your faith. We have work to do. I am the risen Lord. See me, touch me, feel me, know me. He challenges each of us today, Lord, reveal yourself to me and have an expectant heart ready to receive. As the Father has sent me, so I send you, and he breathed on them. It said, when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Whew. The breath of God. That same breath that when God created Adam, 
from the dust of the earth in the Garden of Eden. He breathed into his nostrils and he became a living being, a spirit-filled being, body, mind, and spirit. We read in the book of Ezekiel, the valley of dry bones, how God breathes onto that which was dead, and it comes to life. And Jesus, that night in the upper room with those disciples, breathed on them, receive the Holy Spirit, and they did. And they were born again. They were made new. They were new creations in Christ, indwelt by God's Holy Ghost. And he says, as the Father sent me, I also send you. That word for sent is apostolos, which is to say, I'm deputizing you to go on a mission. You are being commissioned. I have work for you to do, and I'm going to send you in the authority and in the power of the Holy Spirit. We read in Matthew's gospel in chapter 28, verse 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen? As the Father sent me, so I send you. This is the answer to prayer. He had just prayed three nights earlier with them in the upper room, after communion. He prayed for them. In chapter 17 of John, verse 18, he prays, as you, Father, send me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. And I don't pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's us. This is Jesus. He ever lives to intercede for us, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. As the Father sent me, so I send you in the authority of Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit. We have been deputized. We have been sent Receive the Holy Spirit. He says, if you receive, you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. We have a commission to go into the world and tell the world the good news. Our sins are forgiven. Heaven is opened. But there's a bad news for those who won't listen. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no other way to heaven but by Jesus Christ. It's interesting in this passage to note the connection with the reception of the Holy Spirit is important. At this point, these disciples are born again, empowered and authorized to go forth into the world and bring the good news. The words of Jesus emphasize that the Holy Spirit is not bestowed on the church as an ornament but to empower an effective application of the work of Christ to all men. This lays down the duty of the church to proclaim forgiveness to the repentant believer, 
and the duty of the church to warn the unbeliever that they are in danger of forfeiting the mercy of God. And just to be clear, we don't create forgiveness or deny it. That's God's job. But we announce it according to God's word and the wisdom of the Spirit. As we gather here this morning, it's our great privilege to declare, He is risen. He is risen to deed. We, we, we go into all the world and preach the gospel, making disciples, teaching them all that He has shown us. And He goes with us. We go in His power. We go in His authority. That morning, Mary met Jesus, and she proclaimed, the tomb is empty. That morning, Mary and Salome and Joanna saw the stone was moved, and they proclaimed, He is risen. That morning, He appeared to Peter, and Peter preached, repent and be baptized. That day, that night, He appeared to the disciples. They touched Him, they heard Him, and they declared, we believe. The Easter message, the resurrection message, the gospel message is a message of God who lives, and not just a God who lives, but a God who lives in us. And it is our great privilege, not just this morning, but every day, every morning, every noon, every evening, to go into the world and declare, Jesus lives. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. To learn more about the Springs Calvary Chapel, please visit our website at www.thespringscalvarychapel.org. Join us in person at the Springs in Hebron, Idaho, or here on the podcast as we worship together in spirit and in truth.